Andina Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales, 2014 and 2021. Tonio had gone to meet with one of the elders again, and although he would no doubt tell me all about it later, I was back to feeling worthless. I really wanted to do this, and I still had nothing. Blank page. No one was more curious than I where this was going. It was like revving an engine where the handbrake had rusted stuck or something. I can't do this. Choosing me must have been a terrible mistake. Perhaps it was a case of mistaken identity. They must have thought I was someone else. Because I'm getting nothing. Hell, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. But whatever it is, it's not happening. I'm so sorry. I'm letting everyone down. I'm just a failure. My insides were in knots. My head was pounding. I felt sick to my stomach. Detach. The word came to me like a sheet of paper waving like a white flag underwater, just before it started to slowly sink, drifted through and out of my conscious mind, finding nothing to adhere to. I'm so, so sorry. I'm letting everyone down. Tears were running down my face. I wished I'd never agreed to this. What the hell was I thinking, believing I could do this? I'm just a fool and a fraud, and soon everyone, including Bron, will find that out, and everyone will hate me. We'll be kicked out and told to make our own way home, and pay back everything that has been spent on us so far. We'll be enslaved by debt for a decade or more. Just wait until someone from home finds out. I'll be the laughing stock of the century. The hyenas of gossip will have a feast day. I wish I was just another stupid, vapid person, someone who doesn't think, who doesn't question anything in life. I wish I was happy stacking shelves in two stores with no aspirations of doing anything but getting drunk with my mates on a Friday and Saturday. I hate letting people down. I'm too fucking sensitive and at the same time I'm not sensitive enough. How the hell is that even possible? What the fuck is wrong with me? Some channels are the mouthpiece of so many beings they ought to be classified as a human phone box. And here I am, getting sod all, too flipping useless to get any reception from whatever or whoever it is I'm supposed to be communicating with. It used to be so easy, what the fuck is wrong with me? All those other times, did I make it up? Was it just me all along? No, I didn't, but I bet it was fluke. It must have been a fluke. Many flukes. And now I can't do it. They brought us all the way here just to find that I'm useless and a fraud. Bron is going to be so pissed off with me for wasting everyone's time. Tears of frustration and fear clouded my eyes and streaked down my face. I pummeled the floor cushion I was sitting on. Bloody tears! And this damn headache doesn't exactly help either. Now I can't breathe properly. I blew my nose. And I never got the hang of blowing my nose in a ladylike fashion, just like some sudden foghorn, I muttered to myself. I wish I'd never agreed to this. Now I'm letting everyone down and even Bron, who's been so nice, will be really disappointed and angry with me. I sobbed as a fresh wave of fear overtook me. Pelucha came padding across the varnished floor, 
and rubbed himself against my knee before sitting down next to me. His big, beautiful green eyes watched me carefully. "'You know,' he said hesitantly, giving his whiskers a little polish, "'what if they haven't started their communications with you yet? Have you stopped to consider that?' "'But we've been here for a week already. I must be screwing this up.' "'Instead of getting all worked up and blaming yourself for something you clearly can't control, "'Maybe,' his voice trailed off. I snuffled into my tissue. "'You know you can't force timing, and you are, after all, hearing me all right, aren't you?' I nodded. "'There are more factors to this than you know. Much more than just you and unknown in this equation. Why don't you just try and enjoy being somewhere else right now? Treat it like a holiday.' "'But, Pellucci, I don't know how. I can't relax until I know what I'm doing.' I've walked and walked and meditated and made in-depth notes in my journal. I've taken photographs and read three books and I still don't know where I'm going with this. Let me tell you a secret, then. Neither do they. Believe it or not, they are still debating among themselves about how to best go about this. What is the best approach to bridge across you on our timeline to those who might be interested in what they have learnt? Relax. You're not doing anything wrong. You're sure I'm not screwing this up? Positive. He had butted my knee. You've stopped crying. I think I deserve some treats for that, don't you? I blew my nose again. Foghorn. I wish you wouldn't do that. It makes me jumpy every time. Well, so did Mummy be said, so there. Who knew you'd have something in common with her? I snuffled. Thanks, Belucha. Oh, and I dropped the whiskers over by the food bowls. I know you like to collect them. Oh, come here. I gave him a hug. Let me pick that whisker up and look for some treats, shall we? Do my ears deceive me, or did I hear the word treats? Kachina came sauntering out of the bedroom. You did, Pelucha said, with a look that added, Thanks to me. I've been talking to Bron, she said. Bron's here? I half-choked, half-panicked, wiping my eyes quickly on my sleeve. Of course not. And yes, we are not limited to physical ears and bodies, remember? Don't I know it, I said through clenched teeth. Oh, lighten up. He said to remind you of what you used to do in English class when you were eleven. What? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, come on. Why don't you tell me instead, since you obviously already know? You used to write stories. Kachina quickly glanced over at Pelucha. Well, yeah. Kachina looked at me inquiringly. Do you remember or not? Sort of. What's me being eleven and writing stories got to do with the price of eggs? I don't know about eggs. Just tell me. You used to write stories, listen and talk to animals. Though I prefer other species myself, she said as an afterthought. Yeah, we'd read Wind in the Willows in class, and I didn't like it. I thought it made everyone sound so mean-spirited, so scheming and twisted. Not at all like my young self had imagined animals talking to each other. So I'd set out that summer in search of badgers and foxes and rabbits, and when we got back to school, and after the usual what I did on my holidays, I just kept writing. Stories about the animals in the forest and the fox hunt, 
the noisy making of the trim trail, the animals of the forest and the child terror. That last one was based on my brother and his spiteful friends. My teacher hadn't liked how I portrayed the children, especially how I depicted the boy. I never named this character. He was just called the boy. Still, Mrs. Beads was not impressed and told me in front of the class that it was not very nice, even quite mean, and an unrealistic description of a child. The sniggers from the back of the room made me suspect I'd already been too generous. Next time, try writing a story where the children help the animals instead, she had concluded, with one of those smiles she frequently used that never reached her eyes, all while my cheeks burned with indignation. As if, my eleven-year-old thought, biting back a retort that would only get me into trouble. Clearly she didn't have any brothers. Not to mention how pathetically cliché that would be. My series all but died, there and then. Shortly after, I joined Cat's Protection Junior Volunteers and talked to the kitties instead. Try and focus here. Kachina brought me back to the present. The important thing is that you went outside and listened to all other species until you could hear them. You knew instinctively we could talk, just not the same as humans. And you never stopped, even when the others made fun of you and called you Miss Doolittle. Mm-hmm. I wondered where this was going. One reason they, she quickly polished her whiskers, one reason they picked you was because you never stopped listening and talking to us because you never doubted you could. Oh, if you can communicate with us, why not with bigger cats? Kachina said cryptically. I haven't heard any badgers and foxes talk recently. Oh, do keep up. How many have you tried listening to? I didn't say anything. As always, she had a point. Exactly. You know you can. You are listening and talking to me right now, and from communicating with us, there is but a short step to communicate with, if you like, ETs, extraterrestrials, other dimensionals. Think of them as off-planet cats, if that makes it easier for you. See if that helps. She seemed pleased with herself and her explanation. So what else did Bron say? Why don't you ask him yourself? He'll pop by after dinner. Oh, goody. What happened to the treats? Pellucci wrapped himself around my legs as I stood up and collected the pile of sodden tissues off the floor. You haven't forgotten the treats, have you? Never. Treats next. Then do laundry, I thought. May as well, in case I really do get busy soon. The cats got their treats and the dropped whiskers was secured with a piece of tape in my journal. I made myself a mug of coffee and mulled over what they had been trying to tell me. Slopping around in the sudsy water, I wondered what my friends at home were up to. Then thought about random people I'd met in my life and wondered what point they were at now, as opposed to when I knew them. I wished them all well and wondered how many remembered me, wondered if any ever considered what became of me, the way I did now and then. I missed Carla with a K and her dry sense of humour. I missed having reception on my phone and Steph at the other end of a keyboard, and several more. While hanging the clean-smelling clothes up to dry, 
I decided I'd write the ones that were still in my life real old-fashioned letters on nice paper, just because. The postal service from here could not possibly be worse than Mech's post. As foretold by Kachina, that evening Bron reappeared with a paper bag full of warm doughnuts. Oh man, you read my mind, Tonio whooped. And for the lady, some croissants and butter for breakfast tomorrow. Oh, you're a star, I grinned happily, still feeling washed out after the afternoon's cryfest. How are you settling in? Okay, I think. The headaches are mostly gone thanks to that gadget of yours, and I can walk all around the square without being out of breath. Good to hear, good to hear. I've made some inquiries, or rather Manolo has. His family would like it if Tonya could give a little talk about how solar power is coming along in your part of the world, to the committee downtown one of these nights. It would make for a good inroad into the community. Seeing that there's not that much to do here, expect more than just a few people. Nearly everyone comes out if something's happening. Sure. Do you want me to discuss this directly with Manolo? If you would, I'll ask him to come and see you tomorrow. He'll introduce you to some of the others and a couple of elders and see if they want to tell you some stories from around here. Bron looked at me, from a local population point of perception. I love stories, mused Tonio. Brings history to life to hear about it from a personal perspective. My granddad and my uncle were the storytellers in our family. Grandma used to just laugh and tell us not to believe all of it. But us kids loved the evenings when the pulky flowed and those two got going. I can imagine, I said with an amused grin. Mexicans love to tell stories. You'll have fun then, Bron said. And me? I asked. My contacts are still deciding how to go about this, believe it or not. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I just feel I should be doing something, you know, something useful. Right now I feel like I'm wasting everyone's time. You could do something. Yeah? I felt new hope spring up out of nowhere. Yes, relax. Be. Don't worry. Go for walks, meditate, read a book, knit a scarf, take off watercolours. From the horse's mouth, Jack, Tonya laughed. I've tried telling her. Right, I get it. Chillax. I wish I knew how. I'm too excited and therefore I'm concerned I'll screw up. You'll do nothing of the sort. Of that I'm certain. We have complete faith in you. Well, I'm glad someone does. A couple of days later, Tonya suggested I let the cats out in the garden and see what they picked up. Having no better ideas, I thought, why not? The sun was out and it was warm and pleasant. I sat down on the wooden bench and watched the cats nose around. I wondered, not for the first time, what they could detect. Pellucci looked so pleased to be outside again, he completely ignored me apart from staying where I could see him. Kachina, on the other hand, sniffed the air approvingly in various directions before she sat down next to me. Well, furry pants, what are you picking up on? I asked, stroking her brown tabby coat and scratching between the ears, just like I knew she liked best. Hmm... Are you zooming out enough to find the mousy, or are you letting your preconceived notions get in the way? Are you neutral enough? Never had any problems before, I muttered to myself, as I tried to follow her trail of thoughts. 
just try to be more cat-like. I thought I was pretty connected to my inner fiend line, I replied, only half joking. Hmm. Okay, Kachina, help me out here. What am I looking for? Zoom out, check the grid, and see where the energy bleeps. And remember about timelines. With that cryptic clue, she settled down to sleep, head and front paws resting on my thigh. I let my hand enjoy the warmth of her soft fur and leaned back against the cabin wall, allowing my mind to relax and drift quietly. I must have dozed off in the pale afternoon sun, because when I woke up, it was because Tonio brought out two steaming mugs of coffee and sat down next to me. Where are the cats? I said, looking around quickly. Inside, asleep on the bed. Oh, okay, thank you. Far out? In a sense. I fell asleep playing games on my phone too. Who ever heard of that happening before? He said rhetorically and shook his head as if to clear it. I looked down at my notepad and read the unfamiliar handwriting out loud. The humans call us Andean cats. We are an example of living within worlds. We exist on the same planet as you, yet for many years we were only seen by humans a handful of times. We live in one frequency state. Humans mostly exist in another, at least those who come here looking for us. What do you know about native wild Andean felines? Andean cats? Los gatos andinos? Sounds like a football team, Tonio joked. Actually, all I know is that they are very shy creatures. But you have heard about them. Yes. Then maybe it's time to find out more. How about a trip to that internet cafe? As we walked towards the Zocalo, I looked at the road sign like I hadn't seen it before. It looked somewhat different. There was no La Paz on it anywhere where I had read it only yesterday. Fancy that, I said, thinking I was talking to myself. Whatever happened to La Paz? La Paz? Where is that? A middle-aged woman with eyes that reminded me of those of a small bear looked at me curiously. I was taken aback since I hadn't expected an answer and wondered if she was pulling my leg. You know, La Paz, the nearest capital city, I said, doing my best dumb tourist impression. You mean Laja, then? she said. Yes, yes, of course, Laja. I replied quickly with a smile which I hoped covered my confusion. Thank you. The woman returned my smile with a smirk, and I, what are they teaching them at school these days, shake of the head as she turned left. I turned around and watched Tonio catch up after tying his boot lace, humming something salsa-sounding under his breath. I was racking my brains where I'd come across the name Laja before. Perhaps Manola had mentioned it on our sightseeing trip. Yes, that was my best guess. I decided to pick his brains next time I saw him. Something else plucked at my attention strings, too. What was that about? Tonio asked, removing one earbud. Look at that sign, I tilted my head towards it. It's different than it was yesterday. It's green rather than blue for starters, and where it read La Paz yesterday, it says Laja. And it doesn't look new. Not like they changed it this morning or something. You're right, Tonya said slowly. Yes, and she spoke English as well. That's what startled me. I thought I was just musing out loud to myself, 
and the woman who was walking the other way answered me in English. There are a number of bilingual people on this planet, you know. I suppose. Something Kachina had said earlier stirred in the back of my mind. Something about timelines. Be more cat-like. Remember about timelines. Timelines! Could that be it? Could we have switched timelines somehow? That must be it. La Paz on our original timeline must be Laka on this one, I thought. I ran with the thought, or rather I let the thought run with me. My head swam and I gulped. If that was so, here most of what I'd read as history may not have happened, or at least not in the same way. Interesting, interesting. Excitedly I tried to explain my theory in a hushed voice to Tonio, without drawing undue attention to us. When we arrived at the square, the internet cafe was no longer where it had been two days prior. In its place was a minute but welcoming tourist information centre, where, among many others, I found a pamphlet about our elusive furry friends. Perched on the low stone wall outside, I read out loud to Tonio. The Andean cat, Latin name Leopardus Jacobitus, is the fifth most endangered of all wild cats. This almost unknown feline, like so many others, is threatened by extinction due to local superstition combined with its very peaceful nature. The Andean cat, just as the name implies, is only found in the mountainous regions of the Andes, 3,000 to 5,000 meters above sea level, to the south and the center of the country of Peruana, and the northern regions of Bolivina, Chilia, and Argentia. There you go! I could hardly contain my excitement. Look! Peruana, Bolivina, Chilia, and Argentia. It was the same map as on the back of one of the other booklets, titled The Areas of La República de los Andes, the Andean Republic. This one showed where the cats had been sighted, Cordoba among them. Wow, that's so cool, and a bit unnerving at the same time. Let's go have a look around. Giggling like excited school kids, we did a loop around the tiny town with what felt like new eyes. It appeared to have grown a bit in size since yesterday too, and felt like I imagine it would be like to visit a place you have not been for twenty years. It looked cleaner as well, less run down. Also, people felt lighter somehow, and they looked healthier, not so burdened with life. By now it was almost dark, so we decided to head back to the cabin. There was always tomorrow. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales 2014 and 2021